Hello and welcome to the Cyber Scotland podcast. My name is Graham Bay and I'm currently a consultant coordinating some of the activities of the Cyber Scotland Partnership. The Cyber Scotland Partnership is a collaboration of key organisations working together to improve cyber resilience across Scotland through increasing communications, skills and knowledge sharing from recognised trusted sources. So for the last few years now, I have been working closely with the Scottish Government and other members of the partnership to promote cyber security to organisations across all sectors in Scotland, but with a bit of a focus on small and medium-sized businesses. In this session, we'll be hearing about cyber essentials and how the scheme can help organisations guard against the most common internet-borne attacks by having basic control measures in place. My guests on the podcast today are Chris Binder. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer at the IASME Consortium, who are responsible for delivering the Cyber Essentials Scheme across the UK. Also joining us is Robbie Ross, Chief Security Officer at Converse Communication Solutions in Aberdeen, who are a Cyber Essentials Certification Body. And John McLeod, the Commercial Director at Leask Marine, International Marine Contractors in Orkney, who have been through the process of achieving Cyber Essentials Certification. So we have a great lineup today and welcome everybody. So Chris, if I could just jump in and come to you first, uh, first thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you, thank you for inviting us. Can you start by telling us a bit about your role in the work of IASME? Absolutely, yes. My role is that of IASME's Chief Operating Officer. You mentioned earlier about uh, this being about Cyber Essentials, so in that context, a key part of my role has been the day-to-day contact with the National Cyber Security Centre for the Cyber Essentials Scheme. As for IASME, we're headquartered in the uh, in the beautiful Malvern Hills, uh, and I'm incredibly lucky that my drive to work is a very scenic one. As for the work of IASME, we were founded on the principle that basic cybersecurity is an essential requirement for for all organisations and indeed their supply chains. So, uh, in that regard, we are absolutely committed to helping businesses improve their cybersecurity and their risk management. We also strongly believe in inclusivity. Um, As an organisation, we have diversity embedded across every level of IASME. We are headed by a female chief uh, executive. Uh, Many of you will know Emma Philpott. Uh, 50% of our organisation are female and over 20% of IASME employees identify as neurodivergent. And also over 35% of the IASME team have a disability. And I think this diversity is really important as it allows us to to innovate better and certainly deliver our services in a comprehensive and, and relevant way. Today is all about Cyber Essentials. Most people will know IASME for the work we do around Cyber Essentials. We became the National Cyber Security Centre's delivery partner for that scheme in April 2020. And whilst absolutely it is a key certification in our portfolio, there are a number of other schemes that we cover as well, such as Internet of Things, which is a scheme to certify internet-connected devices against important security uh, controls. So I guess you could summarise that uh, by saying that IASME are certainly advocates of helping make cybersecurity uh, more understandable and more accessible to all organisations, regardless of their size and regardless of their start point. That's great, Chris. And as you mentioned, Cyber Essentials is the focus of today's session. Would you be able to explain from a a non-technical perspective, what is Cyber Essentials? Yeah, absolutely. Cyber Essentials is basically an effective government-backed certification scheme. So the controls that the scheme requires uh, when implemented help protect an organisation against cyber attacks. So 
I mentioned it's a certification scheme, and as a certification scheme, it works in a similar way to others that we may be more familiar with. So, for example, whether our businesses have it or not, I'm sure we're all aware of the quality standard, ISO 9001. 9001 is a certification that says our business has implemented good quality management systems. A cyber essentials certification simply demonstrates an organization has implemented baseline cybersecurity controls. The scheme itself is built around five core technical controls. So they being firewalls and routers, secure configuration, malware protection, access control, and security update management. So implement controls across these five technical areas and you implement good baseline security. It comes at two levels. So we have a verified assessment. So for the verified assessment, the customer would complete a questionnaire saying what controls they have in place or what they've implemented around those five four, uh, core controls. And then to declare that all the information they are submitting is correct, the uh, owner or business manager would sign the assessment before it's submitted and is therefore is then assessed. It also comes at Cyber Essentials Plus. So this is probably more like an audit that we are more familiar with. So this is where a third party will test and check that those controls are actually in place. So overall, uh, Cyber Essentials is really the platform to implement an evidence that a business has good cyber hygiene. So Chris, why should an organisation get Cyber Essentials? Okay, uh, first and foremost, an organisation should get it to show that they have good baseline security controls in place. So cyber attacks come in many shapes and sizes, uh, but the vast majority are basic in nature and carried out by relatively unskilled individuals uh, using tools that are readily available from the internet. So you could say it's the equivalent of the thief trying your car door to see if it's unlocked. If you have the Cyber Essentials controls in place, i.e. your car is locked, they're simply going to move on to a softer target. So the controls within Cyber Essentials are there to protect against what are termed commodity threats. So that is things like social engineering, which includes phishing. And I think it's important we remember that most attacks will start with a phishing email, i.e. just clicking on a, a dubious link or attachment. Um, but commodity threats will also include uh, exploiting known vulnerabilities and also password guessing. But security aside, there are other reasons for getting cyber essentials. There's a healthy volume of contracts which either mandate or actively encourage suppliers to have cyber essentials as a contract requirement. The reason they do that is many businesses may be secure themselves, but they realize that they're only secure as their, their weakest link. And that weakest link may actually be a supplier. So they want to evidence that their suppliers have implemented good cybersecurity measures and cyber, cyber essentials provides that evidence. There's also data protection reasons. All businesses are legally required to protect personal data using what they call technical and organizational measures. So the Information Commissioner's Office sees Cyber Essentials as one of those technical measures. And if we take, for example, the case against Cathay Pacific a few years back, in the ICEO's summing up of the Cathay Pacific case, they mentioned that Cathay Pacific had failed to comply with four of the five controls within Cyber Essentials. There's also another reason. I think a lot of businesses tend to overlook cyber insurance. They think it's included within other elements of business insurance. Um, to take the Cyber Essentials Verified Assessment through IASME, 
they include the whole organization there is an element of cyber insurance included in that so again it's uh making sure they're covered from an insurance point of view. So really, lots of reasons to have it, but first and foremost, it's to know that you have baseline cybersecurity measures in place. Okay, where do I start on my cybersecurity journey, Chris, if I'm a small business looking to achieve Cyber Essentials or indeed Cyber Essentials Plus? I think that's a really good question, Graham. Um, I think there's lots of advice out there. Um, So where do you start and how do you know that the advice you're getting is good and credible information. I think also for many smaller businesses, there's a lot of terminology around cyber, which can make it almost like another language to them. And it can actually stop a company from starting on their cyber journey in the first place. So I think it's important that any support or guidance makes cybersecurity understandable and accessible. We mentioned earlier the National Cyber Security Center, the NCSC, who is the uh, government technical authority for cybersecurity. And I think that's a great place to start. Their website's got all sorts of advice for all sizes of business. So well worth visiting their website, which is ncsc.gov.uk. Also, it'd be remiss if I didn't mention the support that IASME offers. We offer a lot of support for smaller businesses, particularly around um, cyber essentials. So via our own website, iasme.co.uk, we have something called a readiness tool. Uh, and I mentioned about the jargon in cybersecurity earlier. The readiness tool will help break down that terminology of those terms that people don't understand. And it'll also uh, ask you a few questions around cyber essentials, asking what you've got in place as a business. And then depending on how you answer those questions, it'll provide you with a tailored report that will suggest the best steps forward towards certification. We also have a network of trained and licensed certification bodies who can support organizations through the certification. And you can find your nearest one again via our website. And most of our certification bodies are also trusted partners of the Scottish Business Resilience Centre. So the details can also be found by the SBRC website, which is sbrcentre.co.uk. There's also, of course, the the Cyber Scotland Partnership, which is a great network of 17 partners who offer support to their respective audiences. And I think my final recommendation is to look out for any events where you can pick up cybersecurity hints and advice and good guidance and attend those events, such as the ones that will be happening throughout the Cyber Scotland week. Do I need cyber essentials if I already outsource my IT to a third-party provider, Chris? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you've got to make sure that the the, the IT that you're using is secure. So Cyber Essentials, um, you know, is is a good way of checking that the the company you're outsourcing to has good cybersecurity in place. They should be having the certificate or working within the principles of cybersecurity and also applying it to your own organisation as well. Great, thanks. I was really pleased to hear that you recently opened an office in Scotland. What was the incentive uh, for doing that? Yes, uh, last October we opened an office in Dalgetty Bay. I'd like to say we did it to enjoy more of the spectacular Scottish scenery uh, uh, and also to taste a few more of those fantastic whiskies. But whilst that's clearly an added benefit of being in Scotland, The main incentive, I think, is the fact that all the schemes that we run are truly nationwide schemes, so we need to be seen to be nationwide. And in fact, we'll be opening an office in Northern Ireland later this year as well. As I mentioned earlier, the Cyber Scotland partnership is important. Uh, We are one of the partners uh, of CSP, 
It's a great network of 17 organizations. All of them have different audiences, but all with a common goal to promote good cybersecurity and make UK organizations more secure. So having a presence in Scotland means we can be far more proactive as a member of that partnership. Um, so that's very important to us as well. That's great. Chris, thanks for, for joining us today and giving us an insight into Cyber Essentials and sharing your experience and knowledge with us. Thanks very much. Thank you, Graham. My next guest is Robbie Ross. Robbie, if I can come to you. Um, first of all, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Graham. I really appreciate the invitation. Can you start by telling us a bit about your background and your journey into the field of IT? Absolutely. I guess I came into IT and cyber and not what you would class as a traditional route. So most of my contemporaries will talk about 20 to 30 year careers in IT, when in fact, most of my working life has actually been with the police. So I joined my company, Converged, back in the summer of 2020. But previous to that, I'd worked 22 years with Grampian Police and then Police Scotland. And before I came into cybersecurity, my area of expertise was actually counterterrorism. I was what they called a counterterrorism security advisor. So I was looking more at the physical security of some critical places within the northeast of Scotland and shopping centres, football stadia. But during my time there, I realised how... Whereas a lot of time was spent looking at the physical security, not as much time was being spent addressing things like cybersecurity issues. So that started to sort of prick my interest and I decided that I wanted to investigate this further. I did some training before then moving into the Cybercrime and Harm Prevention Unit, um, which is still going very strong at Police Scotland. Here I was working with private businesses, third sector, charities, education, anybody around cyber awareness training and awareness raising. And then I took up my current post in July of 2020. So I'm very much the the definition of there is no wrong path when it comes to your career. Uh, it's taken me a while, but I've got here now. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Robbie. So we heard uh, from Chris earlier on about cyber essentials and the benefits of having basic controls in place to help avoid a cyber attack. And yet the uptake is still relatively low in Scotland. From your experience, what is it that puts people off cyber security? There is so much. Um, if I could pick on probably three areas that I think are are the most likely ones. The one we hear most of the time is this phrase, it won't happen to me. So we often hear, my business is too small to be of interest to cyber criminals. Why would they come after me when there are so much bigger companies with so much more money and data that they can go after? But these companies don't realize that the bigger companies have the better cyber security. The cyber criminals know this. So they look at the small and medium enterprises, they target them so this belief of it won't happen to me, I know all of us could list a series of companies that fit right in that category that prove that it can. So firstly, you've got that belief, this false belief. I think second on top of that, there's a belief it will cost too much. So cyber is too expensive. It's something that my business cannot afford. Cybersecurity has a sliding scale. Yes, there could be things that are not really suitable for micro businesses of maybe two to three people. But equally, there are some very cheap things that people can do instantly that are going to make their businesses safer. And back to that old adage of, I can't afford to do it. Well, can you afford not to do it? And then I think the last one that I hear a lot of the time is, I don't understand it. It's too complicated. There's too much jargon. This is a really big issue. And I think we have to accept some of the responsibility for this. When I worked at the police, there is absolutely no doubting we love jargon. 
but it's nothing compared to the IT community. We are making a lot of these problems. We also make many assumptions that cyber knowledge is something people just have, but they don't realize they don't eat, sleep and breathe it the way that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. It comes naturally to us. We already have the IT managers on board. They get cyber, but they're not the ones we need to convince. It's the senior managers, the C-suite level. They don't want technical. They want it explained in a way that they can grasp, that they can understand. So take this podcast. If it becomes too technical, people will instantly be turned off from it. So we have to do a better job at making sure people know it's not complicated. It is something that you can understand. And I think if you address those three things, you would go a long way to helping people uh, get on board with cyber and understand it a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you touched upon a, a bit of that already, uh, Robbie, but do you think senior managers actually understand the cyber risks that they may affect their business? I'm delayed to say we are seeing far more companies coming to us proactively to talk about cybersecurity, how they can be better protected, protected, sorry. It started to be seen as the business continuity risk that it actually is. So companies are realizing cyber needs to be seen alongside all the other BC risks that they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. I think the problem still comes as the reaction can be too late. They wait till they see something's actually happened to them and then they react. There still tends to be also be a tendency to focus on the technological side of things. Now, of course, technical solutions are incredibly important. They're vital to our cybersecurity. But senior managers can't ignore the soft skills like user education and awareness. In fact, in our world, we are making those technical solutions so good that the senior managers need to realize they are going to find other ways of coming into their company. So the soft areas like our staff are areas that are really, really important. But the bosses are now starting to realize this is not something they can ignore anymore. And for us, that's absolutely fantastic. There is nothing easier than being able to speak to a company that has already identified this as an area that they wish to work upon. So Converse Communications are a cyber essential certification body. How do you encourage organisations within our communities to see the benefits of having that basic cyber security measures in place and perhaps move towards cyber essential certification? We are incredibly proud to be a Cyber Essential Certifying Body um, and it's something we feel passionate about, particularly for companies that work within cybersecurity and IT. We see Cyber Essentials as the perfect introduction to cybersecurity. So every day we work with companies who are starting out on their cyber journey. They want to understand what improvements they can make. They need to know what they have before they can do that. So CE gives them the perfect starter for 10. Put it this way. If you wanted to improve the physical security of your business, you wouldn't go out and start buying locks, CCTV cameras and alarms without auditing what you already have in place. That's what Cyber Essentials allows you to do. Cyber Essentials shows you clearly what you're doing well and what you can improve upon. We also heavily promote that Cyber Essentials is a recognized cybersecurity standard. So it's developed by the National Cybersecurity Center. It's not developed by an IT company or any other body that's just trying to sell something or make money out of something. It's a standard that's applied equally, no matter what size of business or who is certifying you. And it's coming from a government authority, which I think is something that's really important for people to know. And of course, once an organization passes cyber essentials, they will have the knowledge that they are protected against so many of the common cyber attacks that are out there. 
But we also see Cyber Essentials as the perfect opportunity to give a company a competitive advantage. So if your business has taken cybersecurity seriously and you have been through Cyber Essentials, why would you not look at your suppliers or your prospective partners and not expect the same thing of them? Equally, by having Cyber Essentials, you're able to tell your customers that you take cybersecurity seriously, that you've gone the extra mile to demonstrate your cyber resilience. Again, imagine you've got two companies in front of you, both tendering for the same piece of work. One of them has cyber essentials, one of them doesn't. Which one would you choose? I know exactly which one I would be picking out of that. Thanks, Robbie. And finally, uh, what would be the one key message you would like people to take away from this podcast today? If you're listening to this podcast because you don't know where to start, use this as your springboard. There are people on this podcast that will have given you an incredible amount of information that you can use to start on your journey. Taking that first step really is the hardest part. And it is a journey. Cyber is not something that can be solved. It requires commitment and it requires time, but it doesn't have to be at a large cost. So the Cyber and Fraud Centre in Scotland, the Cyber Scotland as well, have wonderful free resources to help you on your journey that are written in a way that any business can utilise and easily understand. You're not alone. Not everything comes with a high price. In fact, much of it comes with no price at all. But you do need to go looking for it. I once saw a wonderful quote on Twitter that said, Imagine trying to decrease the incidence of bank robberies through law enforcement alone if banks had no guards, no alarms, no cameras, and no vaults. Businesses cannot rely on others to solve their cybersecurity problems if they don't start that journey themselves. If you have an attack, yes, absolutely, you can seek help from the incident response line at the Cyber and Fraud Centre in Scotland. And obviously, I would always encourage people to contact Police Scotland but it's not somebody else's problem. You need to take those first steps to target hard in your business. And there are so many resources out there that you can use. So hopefully by listening to people today on this podcast, it will give you the confidence to take that first step. Thanks, Robbie. I'm a man for quotes as well. And the quote I have is procrastination is a thief of time. In other words, people shouldn't put off until tomorrow what they can do today. And it's about taking that first step in that journey, as you quite correctly said. Excellent. Thanks very much, Robbie, for joining us on today's podcast and for sharing your knowledge and experiences with us. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, Graham. So my next guest is John. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Graham. Very much appreciate Can you start by telling us a bit about Leask Marine and the general nature of the work that you do, John? Yes. Uh, Leask Marine are an international marine contractor based here in Kirkwall in Orkney. We provide a range of marine services, primarily for the marine energy sector, including vessel charter, commercial diving and marine construction services. The company was formed in 1985. It's a family-owned business uh, run by Douglas and Karen Leask. We have about uh, 48 permanent staff and the turnover is around £10 million per annum. We work worldwide, however, our core business is still here in the UK and across Northern Europe. We have a, a small team here based in Kirkwall, but uh, our vessel crews, our commercial diving teams and our marine construction teams are all working away uh, on client sites most of the time. So is it fair to say that with a focus on providing marine construction and diving services, like many other businesses at the time, cybersecurity may not have been at the forefront of people's minds a few years ago? That would certainly be the case, Graham. Yes. Everybody was aware of probably cybersecurity in 
their own personal circumstances at home with banking, etc. But uh, there was no immediate awareness within the company or understanding how it was integrated into our operating business practices. So we've heard already um, from Chris about the benefits of having Cyber Essentials certification. How did Leask Marine start their Cyber Essentials journey? So our Cyber Essentials journey was actually back in 2016 when we were actually given an invite from the Highlands and Islands Enterprise to go to a Cyber Essentials workshop. Up to then, to be honest, just as I've said, uh, business and general employee perspective, there's probably a complete lack of understanding about IT. To be honest, we didn't really care as long as the computers worked fast and effectively enough for our day's needs, we were always happy. We had a, a very good uh, local uh, computing company, RM Computing, who looked after as an external provider all our services. And like all businesses, we received various malware, spam, and phishing threats. And all we did was phone RM Computing. So as far as we were concerned, nobody's just leave it to the geeks, you know? Uh, and again, I suppose as a, a transaction or business to business, so because we're not dealing with customer credit cards or bank details, we thought there was no real threat to our business. So we never had any hacking or there was no security breach. So I probably our attitude was if it's not broken, it doesn't need fixing. And again, the honest truth was, like most staff who are basically IT literate, nobody really interested in IT as such. So nobody really understood what cybersecurity really meant. Uh, and for that matter, we probably didn't really care, you know. However, I think it's true to say as a business, we were very aware of health and safety and quality within the business. So when uh, the Highlands and Isles Enterprise asked us to go to the workshop, we just had attended as much as anything, just to see what it was about. However, what happened immediately was we actually understood our potential vulnerability and there was immediate awareness in the business how it actually can affect our customers. Many of our customers are large industrial or public bodies. And the fact that cyber threats are generally targeting the lowest hanging fruit in the supply chain, we've found that we were as vulnerable, if not more so, than large organizations. So therefore, what we did is we undertook immediately to get some nice, simple, easy fixes, simple steps, just introducing strong passwords, updating our devices, making sure the data was offline. What we did is we actually started learning and understanding our operating practices, which is our quality management, not, not IT. I think also, we were understood that there was going to be some mandatory reasons for signing up for a government contracts. So, so it made sense to sign up. So, so that's great to hear because um, the Cyber Scotland Partnership is always looking to promote cyber essentials and cyber security in general. And we've done that through attending and hosting events, just like the one you mentioned there with Highland and Islands, John. My experience is often people at the time see it as something they should do. After leaving the event, the falls off their to-do list. So it's great that you've picked it up and, and ran with it. So can you maybe talk through from a practical process how you achieved Cyber Essentials? Did you find it challenging? I th with the right guidance and, and businesses supporting us and the Highlands and Isles, in our case, supporting us, we didn't really find it challenging. We just were not sure of the process to walk through. But in terms of resources, what, what we find out very quickly is we didn't need extra people. We didn't need 
necessarily extra knowledge. We already had a really good framework of sort of best practices in the business. We, we had uh, ISO 9001 for quality management. We had uh, OSAS um, 18001 at the time. And we also had environmental 14001. So quality processes were really ingrained across the business. And also technology is important uh, for our operations because we need live systems across the fleet of vessels and on the temporary construction sites that we have around Scotland. So while we had a, a strong outsourced IT department, um, I think the first exercise for us was just sit down and do a gap analysis audit on the business. And uh, our outsourced uh, IT company helped us through this. And again, while they were aware at the time of Cyber Essentials accreditation, they were never directly involved in a full process. Um, I think what is really important to say that there was no additional manpower equipment was required for that exercise. And the consultants really supported as well. Uh, I think it's really important to say that not only were they totally engaged in helping us through the process, we never felt through that process it was just a tick box exercise. We felt the business was really achieving something through the process. I mean, our assessors uh, on the Cyber Essentials, from the time that we actually submitted in to getting a response of certification was actually only four days. So it was mainly writing processes rather than having to do anything. And you've moved on to achieve Cyber Essentials Plus as well, John. Has that made a difference to how Least Marine operates? Yes, because we've had many lessons learned. I think the process of actually mapping our cybersecurity scope and the business network, even for a small business like us, it's actually quite complex in terms of the accessibility of information for offshore vessels, the marine construction teams working on remote areas. So we had to, to process map how all of these technical aspects flow charted in the business. The good thing was we actually engaged all our employees in the change management processes that we put in. And we learned about information security management, um, which was a real help. We've actually now got our um, ISO 27001. All new uh, employees in the business now receive information security system awareness as part of their uh, induction process and signed off. We built um, our, our business risks and opportunity register with IT risks, such as um, major malware infection, data loss, password breaches, and, and simple things like staff levers, you know, and, and equipment failures, the, the, the simple things. Also during the exercise, what we learned that um, by putting in some key performance indicators regarding things like making sure we do software audits, antivirus and malware threats are updated. It was an interesting exercise that the managing director of the company was targeted over 50% of all malware, spam and phishing threats. So again, we know where to target and who to address and where these are, are, are going to. We've, we've got Cyber Essentials Plus now, which we're absolutely delighted about. And what it's done is help us develop uh, and have the confidence in our own cybersecurity policies. Also, it helped raise awareness of other aspects of the business, like general data protection, registering with the information commissioner's office. Uh, another good one was we had the confidence to go to our bank uh, and the bank fraud audit, which is again free. We asked the 
we asked our banking facilitator if they could do a fraud audit on us and, and they made an extra eight recommendations, which involved things like picking destination countries where you authorize payments to, second level authorization, administration payments, uh, and increasing the software for financial information. So from the cyber essentials, we had the confidence to go and understand the other parts of the business that we wanted to improve on as well. To the join, that's, that's a great story. Yeah, we actually also put in a, a, an information security management system specifically for our 27,001 accreditation. So, yeah, a huge amount. And, and it's still carrying on. We're doing um, mobile device management at the moment, which is improving our own data governance for people that, you know, bring your own devices. We, another good one is the National Cyber Security Centre's exercise in a box. That's now part of our ongoing annual checks. We do that, our staff are involved, they're educated. I mean, it's a brilliant free online tool that anyone can use. Again, it came from lessons learned. And we now have a formalised security incident response form and corresponding logs. So all these were additional policies and procedures that we had during our cyber security journey. John, that's a, an amazing story and, and it is a journey, isn't it? You know, it's not a, a one thing you do, it's a journey, it continues and it, it evolves. And it's great hearing this story because it's a whole organisation approach from the top down that the least Marine has taken, which is fantastic. Finally, John, what advice would you give to an organisation that does not see cyber security as a priority? Well, I think the best advice would be probably the quote from BJ Belbert when said, we are the total sum of our experiences. Take information security and cyber security, not a cyber security. Treat it as an integral part of your health, safety and environmental culture in your business. So when you talk about health and safety of your employees, visitors or your property, which we've all got a moral legal duty to do, you should find that it's important to include information and cyber security and treat it as part of your SHEQ culture. Make sure it's part of your, your board, your management, and on your employee SHEQ agendas. Make sure you've got some you know basic smart objectives and operational plans. I mean, at the very, very least, introduce some simple key performance indicators so that you are regularly reporting on threats, data loss, any server failures, software audits, password breaches, malware spam, phishing alerts, and any general web traffic. That's the very least you can do. I think uh, security awareness training is one of the most effective ways to prevent uh, a cyber attack on your small business. Remember, the majority of threats arrive at your employees' inbox through phishing scams and other social engineering. So just by basically training and awareness of your employees, really shows you how to defend against phishing, malware, any removable media and malicious websites. And we find it is now a necessary component of our digital security, even covering how our staff create secure passwords on a, a regular basis. And, and probably lastly, run the disaster recovery simulation exercises that the National Cybersecurity Centre run, you know, like exercise in a box. 
there's free services out there, you know, and the outcomes and the findings really help identify the strengths and the opportunities identified for your own uh, security of your business. Great. Some great advice there, John. And uh, in terms of Exercise the Box, we've already um, had another podcast specifically for Exercise the Box. It's a great resource, as you mentioned, and it's worth listeners um, having a look at that as well. John, thanks very much for joining us on today's podcast and sharing your story with us. It's been really interesting to hear from you. Thanks very much. Thank you again, Graham. So that brings us to the end of this short podcast. I would just like to thank all my guests, Chris, Robbie and John, for joining us on the session and for sharing their knowledge and experiences. More information on Cyber Essentials, Exercise the Box, or any of the other resources mentioned in today's discussions can be found in the podcast show notes. For the best place to find trusted cyber information and advice across Scotland, visit the Cyber Scotland website, www.cyberscotland.com. Thanks for listening.